it lives where you live, according to the marketing spin and spiel from the Commonwealth Bank. But if you live in some regional areas of New South Wales, like Blaney and Molong, I'm sorry to say, it doesn't live where you live. As the Blaney Commonwealth Bank branch prepares to permanently close its doors today, member for Claire Andrew G has highlighted a growing case for government intervention in regional banking services. He joins us on the program. Andrew, thank you for your time, mate. Thanks for having me on the show, Marcus. My pleasure. Um, well, quite obviously, uh, the big banks do not live where we live, particularly in regional areas of this state. Oh, absolutely. It makes your blood boil when you listen to those expensive, flashy advertising campaigns. It's just words. It's just spin. They are not backed up by deeds and actions. We'll grow with you. We're here through thick and thin. We're all in it together. It's all just spin because today... They are pulling out of two communities in my area, Blaney and Molong. In the case um, of both of those communities, none of the big banks will be there anymore. And in many cases, the folks out in these parts of the world, in my part of the world, have been banking with the Commonwealth for their whole lives. And in some cases, it runs through generations. And there is real outrage about this. It's not just the Commonwealth. The other banks have done it as well. ANZ, for example, is pulling out of Cowra. And it has left a a real bitterness in the community, especially the way the bank has gone about doing it. And the solution that they have come up with has also caused outrage in terms of just saying, well, we're going to put information officers in these communities um, to presumably tell people that the branches have closed. I think we've already worked out that the branches are closing today. Mm. But the reason they have given is that over-the-counter transactions have dropped. But out where we are, we've been through three years of drought. We've been through COVID, so the branches were closed. And then the banks were also actually funneling people out of the bank and saying, don't do over-the-counter transactions, go and use the ATMs just outside. Well, they're pulling those out as well. Well, they are. And the problem with those uh, ATMs that are being pulled out in my area, I'm in Sydney, but, uh, I mean, the ComBank, I don't mean to be just picking on the Commonwealth Bank, we know they're all doing it, but my local ATM, has it's been there for forever and a day. It's been replaced by some private mob who want to charge people $2.50 to get access to their own money. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. And yeah. and people are, are, have had a gutful of it. And it's not just in the country. For example, mm. the ANZ uh, pulled out of Potts Point, I think. I mean, I, I think the thing is in the city, at least the distances aren't as great to find another branch. Yeah, well, that's out right. The, yeah. Out in the country. So out at Molong, for example, if you want to do business banking now, you have to drive into Orange um, the same in um, Blaney, that there are security issues there. Um, it discriminates against older Australians who aren't as mobile and who don't do the internet banking and who aren't there yet. Of course it does. And, yeah. and I think, it, I think it, it throws up a whole raft of issues, like what are these banks doing and who are they serving? They're, they're not serving these communities. They mm. are serving their shareholders and the bank executives. 
Well, I've just had a look. Announcing the group's full-year results of the 12 months to the 30th of June, uh, the bank reported an annual cash net profit after tax of $8.49 billion. That's the Commonwealth Bank. And yet they're still abandoning rural communities. All the big banks are abandoning rural communities. Look, you and I both know if you take a bank out of a main street of a country town, well, everything around it tends to suffer. Uh, You know, people aren't going to the centre of town, to the bank where they've always gone to take out cash or to do their business. Um, So they won't be getting a coffee at the local takeaway. They won't be popping into the local butchery or to, to the baker's. And that's the issue here. And also, you know, what about local small businesses? Where, where do they go? Where, where do they take their, their takings for the day? Yeah, it's a great point. If you funnel people into the larger centres, you know, they might do their, instead of doing the grocery shopping in Molong and Blaney, they might do it in Orange or Bathurst now. It's, it's a good point. And the other thing, we had to sit down with the Commonwealth Bank CEO and his executives. And I said to them, uh, you're still making money from these areas. And they said, oh, well, we'll have to check the figures on that. But they haven't come back to me. They are still making money from these areas. And during COVID-19, we've seen the biggest movement of people from the cities to the country since the days of the gold rush. It's bigger than the gold rush. Like last year, there, were, there was a 43,000-person net gain in terms of migration from city to country. The year before, it was only 19. So these are vibrant and prosperous areas. They are still profit centres for the Commonwealth Bank and all of the other big banks. The only reason they're closing these branches is to make more profits. That's what they want, more money for their shareholders, more money for their executives, but they are still making money. The money is being made from our country communities, but it's not being invested and reinvested. Uh, It's being taken away from our country communities and is being transferred essentially to shareholders and executives. That's what is happening. Andrew, I made a point earlier that uh, in the business that I'm in, in broadcasting, in the company that I work for, we have a licence. Part of our uh, licensing requirements are that we... Uh, we give back to the local community that we do business in. For instance, you know, we, we operate um, a station in Orange, so we need to broadcast local content in that market. That is mandated by law. It is a part of our, you know, operation uh, operations. We have to do that. Otherwise, we'll find ourselves in, in breach of our licence and possibly losing it. So why is it that banks can seemingly, you know, up shop and do what they like and they're not beholden to these local um, uh, communities, but a business like ours, which makes, you know, nowhere near sort of the money that banks do, uh, we have to follow strict guidelines. I guess the point I'm trying to make is what can governments do? I mean, it's private enterprise. It's not as if it's a government run bank. Well, I think this is a really good point that you make. And I made a speech on this in the parliament yesterday, and I've also raised it in my own party room, which is the Nationals Party Room, in that we need to start having a look at this and work out what what we are requiring in the country from our banking sector and how we can actually hold these banks to account. Because at the moment, they're doing this under the cover of COVID. The aim of the game is for them to slip quietly into the night. So they're not even coming out to consult with our communities until two weeks after the closure. So they're coming out um, on, on the 16th or something like that to tell us that the branches have closed. 
I think there's a real appetite for this in the community. Certainly amongst my fellow national MPs, there is a real appetite for this. So I flagged this in the party room um, this week. I've also flagged it in the parliament yesterday. And it is something that we are very keen to pursue. So we've got a very active policy committee um, in the national party. And we're going to have a very close look at how we can hold these banks to account because everyone has had a gutful of this behaviour and the contempt with which they're treating country communities. But in particular, it's their customers they're treating with contempt. It's their loyal, it's their loyal customers. I mean, we can all remember, I remember getting the Commonwealth Bank, you know, the <laughs> elephant money boxes and the, <laughs> yes, and the tin too. money box in the shape of the bank and That's all of right. that. And, yep. you know, and in back, you know, in years gone by, you knew your bank manager and you knew that if you banked with that bank and by the time you needed a home loan, the bank manager would say, yep, I know you, I know your family, you've all banked with us for years, so yeah, here's your home loan and, you know, live the Aussie dream. Those days are long gone. The loyalty has all been shot to pieces through actions like these bank closures which are happening today and that are causing so much angst and so much outrage in country communities, but also in city communities too, I have to say. Yeah, that's true. Look, you are the Minister for Decentralisation, so I I want to talk to you further about this issue in the future. I mean, you say, and I agree, the banks are working against current trends in population movement, while the government is working to to promote decentralisation, that is, growing our communities in the regional areas of New South Wales, in particular from where we're broadcasting to, the banks are actively undermining this by a deliberate plan to close their country branches. Yeah, and you make a very valid point that if you start pulling out financial services, then country communities, you can hit, hit that downward spiral when you start pulling out those key pillars and planks of country communities when your schools and hospitals start to de- be downgraded. People want to live where the services are. So if, if your communities aren't offering those financial services it can be really problematic for the growth and vibrancy of country communities. And it can take on, um, you know, this kind of downward trend economically and in the population. So that's why we've got to maintain and we've got to actually fight for these services. And and that's what I'm very committed to doing because this has been a real... um, uh, a real light being shone on this issue. And I think people in our area are, are up for this fight. Like, this, you know... And as I said, it's not just the Commonwealth. All of the big banks have been doing it and, it and they're keeping on doing it. But the thing about it is they're using COVID as cover for this. Mm. And, and they're what thinking banks that they being can just... sneaky? Come on, Andrew, you know that would never <laughs> happen. All right, I'll leave it there. Uh, let's talk, you and I, uh, much more about this and, and decentralisation and, and what we can do to improve services in regional New South Wales in particular. Let's do this in the future, Andrew. Thank you very much for your time. Well, thanks for your support on uh, the issue, Marcus. I know our country communities and our folks out there really appreciate it. No problem. You have a good day. You too. Bye. All right, there he is, Nationals Federal Member for Calair, Andrew G. He's also the Minister for Decentralisation and Regional Education, uh, a man we probably should be speaking to more often, and we will.